Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Central Stadium, an iconic sporting venue. As part of a major fundraising drive, My Stadium Seat is offering you the chance to place your name or the name of someone who loves GAA on a seat at the Field of Legends. Packages from 100 Euro include seat naming plaques, certs of authenticity, online biographies, and open day tickets. Show your support. Visit mystadiumseat.com. Sample Stadium, where every name matters. Today I'm your host Kevin Ryan from St Mary's Club. I'm joined by Stephen Cronin from Carrick Davins, Sean Smith from Tordas Arsfields, and Colin Purcell from Clamalog. Where else could we start today? With Tipperary's, I won't say annihilation, but a drubbing at the hands of Clare last Sunday. So we took a week off the podcast just to recover from the shell shock. Tipperary all but out of the championship. I think you know it's fair to say that we are out. Well, gents, what do we think of that? How bad was it? Yeah, yeah, I I started off there. Um, to be honest, for me, um, is is the worst part was the the feeling of hopelessness after fifteen minutes. You know, like we touched on it last week. That can can we bring the same performance and attitude and determination and, and aggression from the Walford game into the Clare game? And it was just it was a horror show from the get go. You know, and uh, I think it was one of them day. Like, look. I've been part of games where everything goes wrong and it's just you want the ground to swallow you up like but this is in the county like they're prepared they're prepared almost professionally like you know and to go to go out the way they went out and go, to go down the way they went down was it was just it was just a complete disaster like you know and um, the tactics were wrong the attitude was wrong I think the tempo was wrong and you know, like it was just after 20 minutes, I, I don't think there was, to be honest, after 20 minutes, I don't think there was a tip fan in Simple Stadium that was angry. I think they were just broken. You know, that's how I felt in, in Simple you know, Stadium Steve, there was, last week. I was looking, you know, words kind of in the intro for this podcast today and I was talking with using the word annihilation. But then I look back at the report and we only lost by eight points. But, you know, look, I think most of us were there. It felt like a lot of a bigger beating than that. You know, and oh. we tied down a few scores did. As you said, around the 20, 25 minute mark, there was shell shock in the stand. There. Yeah, absolutely. We were 12, point, 12 points down there at one stage, halfway through the second half, and it should have been 20. Easy. You know, like to come away with an eight point, if you come away with an eight point defeat, it doesn't sound so bad. Like, Dip shouldn't be getting bet like that. But they were 20 points better than us on the day. 
You know, it is the 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 scoreline is masking over the actual performance. Like Claire should have Claire could have brought on the sixteens there at halftime and they would have they would have saw out the game. Like they should have been that far ahead. It was absolute horrific it was. Sean, what do you, would you concur with what, what um Stephen was saying there or are you going to offer us a glimmer of light? Oh, I concur. I was in ghetto, I was in Rome myself watching in a pub. Sat at a bar who sat beside me, cleared that. I was like, ah, grand, I might have a bit of crack with him. After 20 minutes, I was like, lad, I'm not set. Like, he was actually kind of embarrassed. Like, what's going on? Like, you know, it's one of the worst first half performances I've seen in a long, long time. Like, we're there. Then to take in the pub, a few other two players with us there over the weekend were saying, like, the lads are kind of looking back at the 70s era, like, when we weren't winning games. Like, that's, they're comparing to that. Like, that's so. Off was and as Stephen said there, the scoreline at the end, ah, just, like you know, the second half did kind of start. Second half did kind of rally a bit, but it was too little, too late. Clear work, home and host. There's no two ways about it. And you know, Colin, I suppose one of the things I suppose on the podcast, one of the feedback we love hearing feedback from our listeners was, you know, in a review of the Waterford game that you know it was felt like we were going a bit easy on the players and on tip. You know, like basically the the comment was, we're not leash. Um, do you think we were? On, do you think we we're any better than Leash or played any better than Leash last Sunday? That's an honest question. Well, the honest answer is yes. Of course, we're better than Leash. <laughs> to be honest, again, we are better than Leash, and it's funny you should say that because I met my brother-in-law after the game, and he, a, a big fan of the podcast as well. And he said to me, "What the f are you going to say on the podcast after watching that?" And I said to him, "Well, what do you want us to say?" And he said, "That's not good enough for Tipperary hurling what we saw there today." And I couldn't disagree with him. Now. Like you don't you don't want to use the word annihilation. I will use the word annihilation because it wasn't annihilation, to be honest with you. I don't remember a worst a worse first half of Hurling, Kevin. And I don't even remember us ever going in. Was it twelve or thirteen points we were behind at half time? Yeah, we're seven points at half time, whatever clear were three. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't like I, I I don't ever remember us hurling as bad in the first half. Now I suppose look, we've spoken about this before and it's probably worth maybe reiterating again and, and put things into a small bit of a small bit of perspective like we've lost Brendan Mara, we've lost Pawdy, we've lost Shamie Callanan, Bubbles, Niall O'Mara, Willie Connors, you know, um, all, all these players. And so we, we were all prepared to give Colin Bonner, you know, and still are, I, I certainly still am, cut him a little bit of slack on this, you know, because a lot of that stuff was out of his control. But you still expect the team to be fit and focused and fired up for the job, Kevin. And and the team didn't look that way in the, throughout that match. You know, th- there seemed to be no semblance of a game plan whatsoever. I mean, in the first half when we were playing against the wind, we afforded Clare so much space. They seemed to drag us out all over the field. I mean, you're sitting in the stand there and, I mean, none of us claim to be to, to be experts, but I mean, it was, it was just playing as the nose in our face that we needed to, to change the tactics a little bit, like, and we didn't. And and that's a little bit baffling, you know, and that's a little bit that's a little bit disappointing, you know. So, like, and maybe just about you know, you mentioned Leash, and you know, I, I just want to mention the Watford game as well because you asked were we a little bit too easy on on the team after the Watford game, and I think I was maybe the one person who was a little bit more disappointed than others after the Watford game because I really felt that was an opportunity lost for us. I thought that was a game that we were, you know, seven eight seven or eight points in front ourselves. And going down the stretch, we had a chance and we didn't take that chance. And the big question then was, could we replicate the performance against the performance against Waterford, against Clare? And we emphatically didn't. And that's that's very, very disappointing. It would be a grain of truth that maybe we believe the hype with Waterford, you know, the league hype about them being, you know, the only real challengers for Limerick and all the rest. Of we saw, you know, Limerick beat Waterford 30 scores to 23. And I think that was a, a fair reflection of, of where Waterford are. So, yeah, but, but have Kevin, a point in that. Yeah, and maybe just to make another point, if you don't mind, please. The point about our league form. Like, any of us who were at the league games, you know, there in the springtime, like, they were poor performances in, in most of the cases. You know, we don't have to go back over it, but we probably heard one good half of hurling in the whole league. And we brought that form completely into the Clare game. You know, and all the uncertainties that we had. I mean, our, our, our midfield, we would have highlighted our problems with our midfield on the podcast before. Am I right in thinking that in, in the two games, all four midfielders have been taken off now? You know, that's like, I'm, I'm not sure what we did. Like, I'm not sure what the purpose of the league was because we don't seem to have, we don't seem to have a settled team. Now, I, I know we've lost lots of players. 
but we still have a panel of 25 or 30 players and we're still fiddling around with who, who should be where. I mean, we, 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 when we lost our full back, unfortunately, and it's through injury, James Quigley, to me, the, the move there was probably to bring Barry Heffernan back into the full back line or even put Ronan back full back. And we bring in Brian McGrath, who had one game in the league and he got, you know, to my recollection, he got roasted in the league at full back. So there's a lot of strange decisions and it's, it's easy to see why fans were scratching their heads at half time and, you know, almost despairing at full time about the whole thing. Just building on that then, Stephen, you know, I think two of the lads have come out with some degree of credit would be Carl Barrett and Craig Morgan in cornerbacks. But, you know, a lot of that, I think, was from the first chat half, as Carl said. Every, everything was just basically short into them, try run it out. But they were just clear, clear was just set up. They were able for them. They were turning the ball over, more more ball over as the as the half progressed. But it was just so evident that Tipperary, plan A definitely wasn't working. But, plan, you know, there, there didn't seem to be a plan B there as well. Midfield was a complete dysfunction. But, you know, seven points in one half of Hurling, I think only two of our first, two of our starting forwards scored. I mean, it's just the, like, for, like, you know, for the next couple of years, we'll get onto it in a while, but the omens aren't good. Like, how, you know, how bad were we last Sunday, I suppose, yeah. is what I'm trying to ask. Well, I, I think, um, I, I think there was an element of, look, I know there's not a new, new lads there and the management. I think there was what struck me was it was an element, there could be an element of small club mentality. And I'll explain what I mean by that. They had a couple of months to prepare for the Watford game. They were up first, they were high, everyone like we were flaking into Watford, like the, the intensity, the aggression was there. The emotion like you're spending months emotionally getting ready for that game. And then the turnaround of a week, we just it, it, we wasn't there emotionally, we wasn't there mentally at all. Um on the game. When you mentioned Carl Barrett and, and Craig Morgan, I, I not fully, I suppose, because everyone is part of the team, but I, I give the full back line a little bit of a free pass on this because our full back line, our half back line, let's say, let's, uh, were 50 yards up the field from it. The green grass that you could see between the full back line and half back line was, was crazy. And you're thinking there, Jesus, if I was a forward, if it was any way good, wouldn't you love that space? Like it was, probably the, the, the just coming across like probably the slowest player on the pitch, Sean Conlon loved that space, you know, running in for the second you know, goal. But you know, if if you're if you're a forward, especially at inter-county level, if you're getting good quality ball off your off your fellas out the field who have time and space, two yards is massive in um in, in, in at inter-county level. You know, and what what disappointed me on the on the tactics side of things was our half forward line, our half back line pushed all the way out the field, out past the fifty. So right, I'm thinking, right, if you're going to play a risky hurling like that, the middle third has to be crowded. So you have to have the half back line, the midfield, and the half forward line between the 55 and the 65. Our half forward line was in, was basically inside the 50. The, the distance, the area of the pitch was too big and cleared one little hand pass, and then a free man was delivering ball into our into their forward line. And it was just the tactics wise, it, it was terrible to see it. Now I know players, especially the half-back line and, and, and the boys behind them, they have to be saying, lads, you need to come back down the field. You need to support us a little bit more. But if you're being trained a certain way and you're being told to do certain things, like that, a lot of that has to go to the management then as well. You know, Was that you're on the field in the White Heat Monster Championship Hurling? Is that, I suppose, a symptom of the leaders that we lost? You know, it was an onset, maybe building on the point that we didn't use the league correctly in hindsight and not notice all but maybe we didn't have the leaders on the team to actually notice what was going on, getting dragged way too far up the field. And that was a major, major cause of, of I suppose, the complete malfunction in the team. Absolutely. I, I said this years ago on Premier View uh, when Noel first broke onto the team and Shamey was, was, like, Shamey didn't break onto the team, the superstar that we know him today. Like, it takes time to build for leaders to to develop, you know, and you need, you need the dark days as well. Like, but... What Tipperary have lost in, in Brendan Maher, in Pawdy Maher, uh, are, and Shamey himself, like, they're, they're natural born leaders. These are lads that, if they ask you to do something, you do it because they'll do it. You know, like they, they know, like, relax, calm down, lads. We're under a bit of pressure, just, you know, like, they've been there, they've done all that. And I think 
what what makes them such great horrors is they are such great leaders as well. Not only being you can be a fantastic horror all you want when the chips are down, you need to be a leader. And those boys are, and we we miss them big time. Not only the hurling, but we miss the leadership big time. And I don't think the 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 newer our, our newer crop, I'd say, like the likes of John McGrath, uh, Jason Ford. I don't think they have the same leadership qualities that the lads before them, and it's it shown. It's shown big time. I'd echo that there. Like, there's a time on the field, kind of. Well, it wasn't that one. I watched back the match back then. There's no kind of one, like, even to say, come on, tough fuck. Kind of a general kind of rally the troops. Come on, lads. Claire beating us out of the gate here. You know, there's no sort of drive from anyone. Like, even you see Shamey often in the forward line. You look back at the back and say, come on, lads. Hit the ball in. Give me the ball. Like, you know, hunger. Show something. Like, but as you say, like, lost so many players over the years and over the year it gets gone, but, like, no one stepped in to even take that on or take the mantle on, but it's rebuilding and even more last now again for the weekend, like. And again, I think, the, yeah, no, that's definitely one thing I suppose that was probably a bit bit frustrating or very frustrating about, about last Sunday, but how also, I suppose, the performance of the forwards as well, which just is, you know, seven points in the first half, 213 and a lot of wides in the second half, you know, two, or sorry, not, 213, 212, or have my maths wrong, 2-9 in the second half, you know, could, probably should have had a couple more goals. Um, is, I suppose, our forward kind of play, which, you know, for the last probably decade has been a hallmark, hallmark of Tipperary Hurling. Um, you know, how worrying was that for you as, as well? Well, I suppose, Kevin, like, the, the, and again, this goes back to the league, and we've mentioned this a few times ourselves. Like, we are trying to implement a new system of playing. Okay, and we seem to be caught to me anyway. We seem to be caught between two between two stools. We don't seem to have a short game or a long game. We're trying to play some sort of a hybrid game, and it doesn't seem to be suiting anybody, either our backs or our forwards. And even you know, to to move maybe to the other end of the field for a second, like our puck outs completely malfunctioned as well. I mean, we we seem to have two options: spend you know a minute or two looking to to puck the ball out to a corner back and then we were pucking it to his feet as opposed to into his hand and that was inviting pressure on or else we were driving the ball long and getting cleaned out in our half you know getting cleaned out in our half forward line so the, the, the quality of the ball that was going to the forwards was was bad anyway and then as the lads have said we, we just lacked we seemed to lack leadership in our forward line and had a very little cohesion up there as well and I mean you know everything I say here I, I, I do temper with the fact that it has been very tough for Colin Bonner We've all been involved with teams where things have, be, have gone bad and we've had to listen to guys. It's easy for us to sit in the stand and snipe. And I do, I do accept that. And this isn't in any way to, to be personal about it to anybody. But, I mean, as a supporter, you know, as I said earlier on, the least you expect when you go is that, you know, everybody will give 100% on the field and there'll be, a, you know, there'll be a certain, there's a certain level expected, I think, when Tipperary hurlers take the field. And to me, that was just, it was lacking last Sunday was there the week before against Waterford. I don't dispute that. And, and, and as Stephen has said, and he's right, they were obviously clearly up for that game, you know, and had, had been targeting that game. And I think that's why, you know, I was, I was a little disappointed leaving Welsh Park in that I, I thought, yeah, we, 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 may have, we may just have left that one behind. You know, and, and, and looking going forward, I mean, we heard the news today that Jason Ford is going to be out for the Limerick game. So, and John McGrath, unfortunately, has a long-term injury, so that that's two of our leading lights in the forwards who are going to be missing for the next game as well. Game as well, but just just I suppose lastly on the forwards, in fairness, I, I thought Mark Ho had, had a good game. I, you know, he's he's created a, a fair few chances for himself in both games. Has been a little bit unlucky, maybe not to plunder one or two more goals. But no, so I think thought he was, talking, just like to come across, I think his finishing was just too poor for Inter County there. I think he had a couple of chances, to maybe get yeah. us back into the game, but. Yeah, I, look, he, he did, Kevin, but he was he was under a little bit of pressure in fairness to him. And, he, you know, I, I thought he kept showing for the ball and he was he was winning a little, you know, he was winning some ball himself. So, you know, like we are trying to take some positives out of this. And I wouldn't I wouldn't put I wouldn't put Mark Yeo in completely in the negatives yet. But I, I would take the point that the, for, the forwards as, as, as a whole malfunctioned and the figures that you're mentioning there, you know, seven points in the first half and was it two nine or whatever it was in the second half. That's not going to win you any match. There's no, there's no point in saying that. Now it's just not going to win you any match. I, I agree with that. I just want to touch on, on a couple of points there, and I start with Macio. I think Macio now needs to, when the ball is handed, I, I, like Macio needs to be right. This is my arena now. You know, there was a couple of occasions there where he had the ball in hand, and you're thinking inter county pace. That ball should have been gone over the bar, 
and there was one he was running across the goal he had two or three yards I think he, probably only about 40 yards out and he tried to give a hand pass to Jake Morris and it was like that was shamey that was over the bar and and that's from I think for Mark to progress um, and to be what we want him to be is when he snaps that ball into his hand he's thinking is the shot is on take the shot you know I think like just being being nice and handing off the ball has to stop. He has to be a little bit more ruthless and selfish for want of for want of a better word. Um, I want to touch on the pokeouts. This is something that had that gave me real ire uh, last week. Now it, it really we're we have to draw a line under long pokeouts in Tipperary. We are not good at receiving. We cannot. We, we there's probably not one hurler in the You know that's the basic skill of the game. It's the basic, and I believe in it that it has to be like it should be coached from twelve up every se- every training session in every club in Tipperary should have fifteen minutes set aside where the keeper is just launching balls down and, and lads are competing for it because we are brutal at it. In tip, we are brutal at it in Tipperary hurling. We can't do the basics of receiving a punt. like if. Let's, no, maybe not this year, but go back a couple of years ago. If you were poking out a ball to TJ Reid, you say, ah, oh, jeez, he's going to catch this ball. Yeah. Can we say that about a Tipperary Hurler? <laughs> when was the last time we said it about a Tipperary Hurler? You know, we can't, we like, we have to go back so far from it. Like, but on our pokeouts, I read the stats there somewhere that we actually did okay on the short ones. Now, I know what Colin touched on, they were going to feet, but, but uh, in fairness to Carl Barris and Craig, they dealt with it. They got the ball into hand and they moved it. Now, where it broke down was the half-forward line was so far up the field. But on the puckouts, Ryan Hogan spent so much time looking at the free man. Claire dropped back the men, so they, so they marked the space. Let's he spent so much time looking at the cornerbacks, the fullback, and the halfback who were free. Spent ages, an eternity, it felt like, looking at it. And then decided, no, nope, I'm going long. As on one, one or two occasions there, uh, uh, Carl Barris was free Craig Moran free and Dylan Quirk was free it was Dylan or one of them were under the stand you know, he, to, the, to hit the half back he had to hit it out over the corner forward which most inter-county keepers should be able to do and no I'm not doing any of that and he launched a big high ball down on top of Michael Breen with three lads hanging out like that stuff now is down to management that needs to be eradicated like if you're not if if you're not going to go out on a, on a hurling wall, short grip of hurley and absolutely leather the ball 50 yards like an arrow, then he has to be removed out. Like, I know I'm being harsh on him, like, but he's an inter-county hurler and his revert to type is just launching it. Well, Tipperary can't catch a ball, so they need to, they need to stop launching it. I know I'm ranting now because just, just stirring yeah, up the, I, the anger. I just think I, you have to mix it up and I'd welcome other, others come in there as well because, you know, as, as I said, like Morgan and Barrett, they were actually, you could see him tiring at the end of the first half from actually receiving the ball, coming in, probably looking for contact or getting some sort of contact, little hand pass, and kind of go, going again, like, you know, but then it probably did end up being launched up to a half-forward line or there, thereabouts that wasn't winning it then. Anyway, yes, there has to be a bit of variation. I'd be saying, yes, the short pockets have to be have to be spot on. I would give Hogan a bit of a pass because, you know, I do think he made two worldly saves that were you know, kind of overlooked because there was a clear man just there both times to to tap the ball in, like, you know. So in that regard, what more can he do? But like, yeah, I just think overall we need a lot more variation in our in our pockets, like, you know. But this stems back to not just now. It's like fears, like we're saying, oh, who had been half far in lesson? Were the lads saying, oh, Bonner hit the ball down top Bonner. Was he catching him? Maybe not. Was he breaking it? That was about it. Like, TD Reid exceptional. Like, this comes from it's not just a banner problem. Like this is just from we've known to win the ball in half hour line midfield. It's simple as that. Like, but like you look, you take away Bar Limerick, who have obviously like you know three very good athletes in in their half forward line, whatever they line, whatever way they line up. Like, how many balls are being caught clean from pockets now in inter county? Like, I don't have the stats to hand, but you know it is as you say more that you're competing for the second ball. You know when the ball goes loose or whatever that you're alive and energetic enough around that to make something of it happen there it's not you know you very rarely see now ball being plucked straight out of the air in the inter-county game I'm just t- trying to think of the Galway-Kenny game last Sunday how many, how many times did it happen you know one, I can think of one or two great catches but like could I be wrong Kenny, now yeah the, 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 the top teams at the moment are you know they're playing this almost rugby style game where they're moving the ball through the lines like so they're 
they're poking if they're going short, they're poking to the corner back. He's finding the wing, the the, the half back to the midfielder, and then they're trying to deliver ball into the forwards. As I said earlier, I'm not I'm not sure what sort of style Tipper playing. I don't know if we settled on it at all. Like and and you know, so so the debate the debate in my head is okay. Do we copy what everybody else is doing? Is that what we're trying to do, or do we try and come up with our own style of play? Like, why are we trying to copy everybody else if we're not able to play it, or if we don't have the players to play it? And sometimes you have to hold your hands up and say, we just simply don't have the players at the moment, you know. And that's hard. You know, it's it's unpalatable and it's hard to say. But maybe Jesus, we just don't have the players at the moment. And as I said earlier on, like in fairness to the management team, like the the, the, the players that they've lost and the leaders that they've lost. You know, and you, you know, I think it was Stephen who mentioned about Mark Yeo there earlier on, you know, taking the wrong option once or twice. We all remember back in 2010 when Bonner was starting out famously against Wexford, he took a wrong option going in, going in for a shot. And Lara and Owen Kelly were over to him straight away, you know, berating him and telling him what to do, you know, the next time. And we don't have a Lara, we don't have an Owen, an Owen Kelly, we don't have a forward leader at the moment. As we said in the podcast several times before, we really don't have a go-to man now in that forward line. Somebody who you can put the ball down on top of and they'll manufacture a score, they'll get a free or they'll do whatever. So I think that's another problem. And it, it, it goes back to the point you made earlier, Kevin, about, about our forward play in general. We're one of the only counties now who really doesn't have a marquee forward in my mind. There's, you know, And even you know our free take and even this year seems to have, have struggled as well. We seem to have missed quite a few frees. It, that's in my mind anyway, that we seem to be missing frees that normally we, we would have been nailing before. And as I said, now with Jason being out for, for, the, for the Limerick game, that, that's another complication. Yeah, and in fairness, look, the last few years, Ford was bulletproof, you know, and I was yeah, the one absolutely. calling for him to take over from Callan on the freeze because Callan himself, he was going to miss, you know, an odd one. Like, and at, at yeah. that level, yeah. you can't be giving any team, you know, you can't be letting them off the hook with a free taker. We certainly did a couple of cases down in Walsh Park and a couple of cases on Sunday earlier. Earlier, You know, one's... Now, Claire missed a couple of bad ones themselves, you know, which, as I said, like it was an eight-point defeat, but it, it felt like more and it should have been more. But, like, yeah, all those little things, you know, when you add them up, it shows that, you know, we're just that little bit off the pace. Maybe a couple of a couple of last things. That Maybe would you see Jar Brown's performance when he kind of got into the game as a, as a positive for tip? And you've mentioned the marquee forwards. And, you know, for a couple of years now, Jake Morris has been seen as the heir to Seamus Callan. I'm not quite sure that it's going to work out for Jake um, at the very top level. I think that, you know, he might need to kind of go back to basics, just hard work and, and try to kind of get himself into a game a bit more because I think certainly this year in the two games so far, it hasn't happened for him. Yeah, so Brown, I, sorry, sorry, go on, Steve. Yeah. What? No, no, I just, I, I, I'd, I'd agree with what you're saying. I wouldn't completely write them off. I think, I suppose, what we have to realise is uh just touch on Jason Jason Ford as well as, as an example is I think for them lads to excel they need Jamie Callan and Bubbles and the like of these lads around them because it, it takes a little bit of pressure off them you know like if J- if Jason Ford is the, the go-to man for Tipperary now Tipper focused on him I, I don't think he's as mentally as strong as as um, Jamie Callan to deal with that kind of pressure you know, and like the game is after getting a little bit quicker now. There's more running to it. Jason wouldn't have been blessed with as the most pacey fella. Like Hurlemoy's ability is up there with the best of them. Like, but I, I just, I just think some players need others around them to excel. Like Shamey was able to learn from Owen Kelly, Larkov, but he was able to, to, to take his time to get to the level that he got because he had them men around him. Now. Jake Morris, Mackie Ho, um, and and uh, Jason Ford—they don't have them men now, you know. So they're they're learning on their feet, basically. Like you know what I mean. And we're like, we're we're comparing them to some of the greats in the game, and I, I don't think we're going to see that those type of hurlers for a long, long time as uh, if, if those type of forwards for a long, long time temporarily. Folks, it does get easier from here on in because, you know, we'll probably have to leave the air analysis there. Now we are looking forward to uh, the Limerick game, the All-Ireland champions in their backyard. It's a must win for Tipperary, right? Looking forward? Is that what you said? Jesus. Yeah, well, 
Tipperary never feared Limerick as the maybe the new saying goes. So Sean, give us your game plan now that'll get us a win on Sunday and get us back into the mix. Oh, find find a team first. Um, I don't know what team we're going to pick for this. To be honest, um, forward wise, you're between Breen, Noel, Connor Bo, Kyo, Jake Morris, Brown, Connor Sakeham. That's what is it out of them seven. Is that the... Yeah, and look at Conor Sakem, like one that I, I do think had a good impact on last Sunday, but I don't think you can expect him to last 70 minutes. You know, like you'd see, saw it in the under 20s game there, like, you know, the like they're, they're all gassed, half of them are pulling up with cramp and stuff. Like, so the conditioning does take a couple of years in County Hurling, but like, I don't know, will Conor Bowe be back or Odo Conor were to, were to start? Are we caught for a full back now? Is there a back to the whole? Who's our full back? This is Ronan maybe back in. Ronan there. Yeah, then. Harry Heffernan. Yeah, it's a stick and plaster, isn't it? I mean, you're you're again. If you're if you're in on Galan there, like you need you need your you need your half half back line sitting right back on top of you as well. If you're a rookie fullback, I suppose if you're if Galan is the main the go to man, really, you think they're the main man. You'd be putting Carl Barris, I think, on him again. I I think like. You know, just just pace, pace alone is help is helping our full back line. You know, I know we're, we're caught there the last, but the pace alone that that um Barrett will bring. Plus, yeah, you know, Barrett has a bit of cut about him, like you know what I mean. And you don't want to be, you don't want a fella just chasing Galan. You want a fella up his backside and getting in his ear, and you know, and when he's busting out with the ball, he's busting out with uh with with intent, like. You get in his way and mow you down. That's what you kind of want. And I, I suppose, look, I suppose all the doom and gloom I'm speaking about, and I was ranting there, giving out earlier. But then the unfortunate thing in a little bit of hope creeps back in. Then going into the Limerick game of all of all teams, like and you know you're just. I was accused of of um, a moral victory against Walford there a few weeks ago because I, I respected the performance and the effort and all that. To be honest, I'll settle for. For the hunger, desire, the effort, the commitment, and just throw the kitchen sink at it, and you know, whatever happens, happens. But I think if you go out and the game is over after 10 15 minutes, like it was against Clare, I think then we're going to be in a very bad place for a long time. I think, yeah, you got to see this knockout hurling scene, this knockout game for us. Like, even whatever players going to feel, just show a bit of desire and passion, you know, like, like just give us something to kind of cling on to, is the word, you know. Um, not to be there at half time again, kind of looking around saying, Where's the eggs like, you know, or what's going on? You know, but the oh, players on the field are going to get a chance. Like, to get in that position, we need to be perfect, as in no wides, get your match up right. You know, that would be a complete turnaround from the last two outings. Yeah, it'll be a massive turnaround. Now, I do think, look, I suppose maybe I'm just being overly optimistic, but I do think the, our performance against Claire as well was a case of. What can go wrong will go wrong. You know, John McGrath would often Achilles injury early in the game. I think it was the first goal Claire scored. The man was running down the wing. I think it was Ronan was chasing him. And Dan made came in to clean him out. Missed the Clare man. Took Ronan off his stride. And, and the two boys then kind of were about 15 yards behind then. You know, and like, I just, you know, the, the, the chips are down now. There's... The whole world is against them because we're being brutal and no one has given us a chance. So I just hope to throw, throw caution to the wind and fight for their lives and whatever happens, happens. I, you know. Bonner and Mara worth a twist. I think what you need, what you need now is one fifteen absolutely working their socks off. I don't think there, there's probably room for one or two nice hurlers, I call it. But you just want, you want everyone absolutely dying for the jersey at the weekend and, and just you know if they, if, if they carry half of them off the field because they're, they're spent after whatever so be it like you just want to, want each other want them to run each other into the ground for for the 70 minutes my no fear problem is that, go on Colin sorry yeah sorry Sean my fear is that Limerick have been waiting for this since 2009 <laughs> you know and, and that, that day in Crow Park was was a very very happy day for all of us, like, you know, and, and, and like you know, and there, there, you know, I would have a little fear on Sunday. Um, I I I I'd like to share Stephen's op- 
optimism we were kind of joking off air there as they say in the business about it but I, I can't see anything other than a Limerick win here on Sunday you know and, and a convincing Limerick win to be honest with you I think good good and very good tip teams have struggled to go to Limerick in the past and get a result and I think a tip team shorn of you know we've spoken about seven or eight lads that we've lost this year and now the news of as we said about Jason and, and John McGrath shorn of confidence and a couple of injury doubts over Sorry, showing a confidence as well, I think. Sure, absolutely, absolutely showing a confidence, you know. And, and, you know, even talking to a few people this week, the match is barely, re- it's barely registering in people's consciousness, to be, honest with, to be honest with you. I think people are, I don't want to say they've given up on it, but they're, you know, they're almost afraid to talk about it. It's, it's kind of behind closed doors and behind closed curtains that people are mentioning it because I think there's a genuine fear among people among the you know the match going public that, that this could be this could this could turn nasty now look the other side of that is if if, if somehow we manage to pull off a victory it, you know i think it'll go down in the annals as one of our greatest of all time but look at it, i i have to nail my, my, my i hope i can come back next week if i'm asked back on to say i was completely wrong but i, I really do fear the worst for us on sunday but i hope some of that old prairie spirit that never say die you know you know, die for the jersey. I hope that comes in, and as the lads have said, we can get a, at least a performance to be proud of. Because I think exactly. that's all that people ask for. You know, you know, and we're probably playing a Limerick as well. It has to be mentioned without Keen Lynch and Kyle Hayes, which are two of the pillars of, you know, of their system and 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 that. But are we really looking at stay with them till about fifty minutes, and then you know, like, you know, hope hope for the best? I'd expect them to kind of to pull away late on. Um, like you know, are we really back to looking for a moral victory, or like is there any actually semblance of it? Sit down, right tactical plan, we can rattle them. Because look, to be honest, even at our best, this Limerick team has something over Tipperary. Like, yeah, I don't think a a tactical plan is going to is going to win this one first because t- uh, Limerick are so far ahead in their in their preparation and execution of their own tactics that look. Tipper, a tipper, no, it's going to take Alan Bonner a year or two to, to get things right, whatever we want. I think this game is purely emotional. You know, I know you shouldn't, you should never play, never play a season on emotion because if you're relying on emotions, when, when, when they're gone, they'll only, they'll, they'll be there for a game. But I, I think Colin Bonner needs the, the speech of a lifetime now going into this Limerick game. And, and I hope. Emotion has these lads running around crazy like they've never ran before, hooking and blocking and fighting. And do you want to, I, I'd, I'd like to see three or four brawls nearly, <laughs> do you know, like just because yeah, you I just wonder, you wonder that, Stephen, though, like that. Could, I think that could all that can bring us close enough at half time, but then you know, then you just look at lads like maybe even a month, like monster final, like last year, like you know, you go out second half and you're absolutely tanked, maybe, maybe so, but like. As I said myself, like a little bit of hope creeps in there, and I know I know myself I'm wrong, but this is a finely tuned, excellent Limerick team. You know they're they're let's let's be honest, they are brilliant. We are coming off the back of two losses. One was an absolutely atrocious loss, horrific, and we've lost two more players going into it. Like you know we're 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 treading barely treading water now when it comes to retirements. Injuries. I I don't. I think yeah. for me, if we if we if we got a similar performance to last year and we died a debt with 15, 20 minutes, uh, I I think that's probably the best we're going to get. Like yeah, you are at the yeah we are at the stage now with injuries and unavailabilities where you know when this twenty six is released or whatever they'd be looking to see was anyone actually just called up to the panel at this stage yeah. like you know from the under twenties or whatever <laughs> you know because you know how how many extra lads can you bring. Yeah. 32 30 you know to to bring like on it you know where it can't be over overstated how many players we are down like the other side of it is will we be seeing some of those players again the likes of Bonner the likes of Shamie Callan like you know because we are definitely in the rebuilding phase I didn't want to use the the phrase you know transition at the start of it uh, at the start of this kind of this podcast series at the start of the year because you know it implies that you're going somewhere or like that there's an end point and you know, I'm, I'm just not so sure how long it's going to take us to get back. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin if, I, if I could just pick maybe pick up on that point, and something that I would have said as well earlier in the year. The one thing I hoped for this year, 
and I'll segue into the match on Sunday with this. The one thing I would have hoped for this year is that we stayed relevant, right? And if we're badly beaten on Sunday, we're we're in irrelevance at the moment completely. You know, if you look at Kilkenny, right? If Jesus, I hate benchmarking myself against them or fucking putting them on any pedestal at all. But look at they're they're in a similar rebuilding stage to us, and they they eke out a Leinster Championship win. They might eke out a National Hurling League win. They'll get to semi-finals. They'll go up to Salt Hill last Sunday and, you know, they'll lose by a point and, you know, probably could have, should have, would have maybe got a draw out of it. We're talking about going down to Limerick on Sunday, having been, you know, tanked by Clare, you know, trying to restore a bit of pride. But, you know, you're saying, will we be in it after 50 minutes? For a second, I thought you said, will we be in it after 15 minutes? And I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to contradict you on it. Like, you know, because... That's that's how fearful I am. I from God, but even 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 I'm not that pessimistic. Yeah. But yeah. Well, you know, but I, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, Kevin. But no. I'm trying to be realistic. And I mean, yeah. like I said, I said, like you know, before the Waterford game, we were talking about this, and I said, you know, you have to go on the evidence here, and the evidence of our hurling this year says Limerick are going to tonk us on Sunday. And there's nobody in Tipperary, oh. more so than me, that, uh, that holds on. Yeah, I just think that Limerick are too boring to even consider getting it over, you know, getting it done. <laughs> I just think that you know the. They'll just go for the points and maybe open us up later yeah. on. Thank, thankfully, I hope they're not listening to this. They all like, you know, John <laughs> Coyley up there in the principal's office in Tip Town. Like, but, um, you know, it's just, I, I just think that they're very methodical and they'll just go for the points and they'll grind us in. You know, they could hit 30 scores. I see it on on um, Sat- on Sunday and it won't even be unusual for them, I think. Like, yeah. you know? Where are we going to get the 30 scores from? You know, and, yeah. John McGran, Ford gone now as well. It's just... That's why, that's why I just hope it's an old throw back to the old blood and thunder and just flake that's into it, them yeah. for as long as yeah. we can. Play with pride. Just play with pride. You know, if, if you, exactly. ask so gonna, you ask me who's going to win on Sunday, though, Kevin, I'm going to say tip. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't oh, say that. A, if you ask me for prim- We have a great chance in the primary game. But um, right, yeah. lads, you know, as Colin said, it does feel a bit like, you know, the sun was shining on Sunday, sitting down watching God. Well, well, certainly wasn't shining in in Salt Hill, this championship is going on without us, whether we like it or not. Clare got, you know, whatever we said about Clare, we all said that Clare, we had to be Clare, you know, for us to stay relevant in this championship. We didn't. On the other side of that, now Clare and Elf's line, you know, backed it up with a win against Cork. Cork are in serious trouble as, trouble as well. Um, what, what, do you, what do you think of that game? Cork are... Cocker, like I said at the moment, is talking through their lads. But when the Fair Centre after match, they are just down and out there. They're feeling like ourselves. Like Claire annihilated them. Like they were, it was embarrassing, to be honest. Like it was as bad as first half as we had as well against Claire. So I don't know what it is. Cork, oh, I think win. it was worse, Sean, because they had an awful performance against Limerick. I think ours came out of the blue a bit. But for Cork, yeah. they went out there needing to be, you know, needing to show something against Claire. And as we kind of look, I. I caught him a bit of slack on his podcast before, but you know they showed absolutely nothing once again. Clear walkthrough is you could have probably drew eyes in the first half, and the walkthrough was easy. It was scandalous. Like Cork now were back again, like, and they showed something in league. Kind of saying there off off what air on, like you know they showed something in league. I thought maybe they had something coming in his one championship. Or to see them now and like ourselves and them playing left round, and I don't think there's much happening to beat a few handful up in the stadium. That'd be it. Yeah, absolutely. It looks like it could well be a dead rubber um, on, all, on all known form at the moment. The other big game then again, you know, Leinster was really a case of three from four. So, you know, that mini league between Galway, Kilkenny, Dublin and Wexford is very important. So that's, you know, it's a crucial last minute free from Galway to get the win there. Having drawn with Wexford, we won't bother with the the handshake kind of theatrics. But uh, Stephen or Colin, what do you think of Galway there? They they looked well in control and then um, Kilkenny being Kilkenny, as he said, kind of almost rescued it. Yeah. Um, it, it seems, I don't know, maybe I'm, but it seems Galway have all, always have an issue with that goalkeeper. Am I, am I wrong in, in, in yeah, suggesting that? Because that was, um, that was terrible. I thought a terrible goal concede there towards the end. Now I know he's getting a little bit of credit for the pocket after, but like, that's a bread and butter save you'd be thinking to an inter-county keeper and then game over, no issue, no controversy around the free, you know. But look, I suppose to Galway, they find ways to make it hard on themselves. And uh, if look, they're probably, I suppose when it comes to the physicality, they're probably the closest 
society to Limerick physically. And um, I, don't, I don't know, I hate to say it, but I, I probably have to throw me a lot in with Galway this year and hope they top a Limerick. Yeah, look, <laughs> they couldn't have been worse than under Shane O'Neill the last couple of years, you know, which is just an, an appointment that just didn't work. So they had a they had a hot and cold league and they seem to be building nicely there. That win now almost guarantees them a, a passage through Leinster. So, yeah, they, they might have a say yet, which is... Yeah, and, and and Henry will bring that big game experience. Like Galway, for the talent they've had down the years, have underperformed. They've underdelivered for years. One All Ireland. I was too young to remember when they were winning when they won a couple of All Irelands in the eighties or whatever it was. But one All Ireland in in all that time, when they had handy passages to to an All Ireland semi final for years, that's a terrible return. Like you know, and it's just that. That, that's a mental thing for me and uh, you'd be thinking Henry would bring a little bit of experience in that regard I think Colin or Kilkenny correspondent there um, Kilkenny looked like they're heading for a knockout game against Wexford down the last group game um, do you think the teams were maybe finding them a bit out? Yeah look maybe I mean it would be ironic if, if the big three are knocked out of the championship you know before uh, <laughs> early you know you, you could have Cork Tip and Kenny conceivably gone if, if Wexford can do a number 2013 all over again Yeah ex- exactly like you know um, but to answer your question have teams found Kilkenny out I, I I don't think you know I think it's, it's a it's a limited enough Kilkenny <sighs> team I think Kilkenny people themselves will tell you that it's not the, the best team that that they've ever put on on the field, but you know, I I still have to have a, you know a very grudging respect for them that they remain competitive the whole time. I mean, to go up to Salt Hill and be level after seventy three minutes, having not played well, you know, you, you have to take your hat off to them. Unfortunately, like you know, and they're not gone away or anything. And and you know, they 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 definitely could take a scalp, Kevin. They definitely are capable of beating somebody, you know. But they probably lack the one or two again. You know, real standout players to, to, to win an All Ireland, but they found they've unearthed a gem in, in young Cody there in the forwards. He looks like a very good player. You know what we wouldn't give to have him, especially now that TJ seems to be at long last. Um, you know, going going down the other the other side of the hill. Maybe you know he was taken off on Sunday. You know, didn't look didn't look up to his normal self. But you know, uh, you know, any team that Cody sends out will have grace. They'll have pride. They'll have that resilience. They'll have that battle hardiness yeah, all the stuff maybe that we're looking for for next Sunday from our boys in my show where Kilkenny are that you know that they are that reliance still on TJ Reid who looks like his better days are past him and that Cody is actually tolerating him you know like a, as a starter still because he does doesn't doesn't look like his former self yet it might have been injury or illness there last Sunday but mm. you know the last 18 months or so um, but he might be better off as an impact sub impact sub maybe around, around the square Final word on, I suppose, the inter- inter-county kind of senior would be, you know, do Leash and Westmead, you know, see some of the scores coming out there. Do they have a place in this kind of, in this in, in this championship now? Like, is it doing anyone any good? I'm glad you didn't include Tip in that, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but Kerry will be asking for a playoff next year. <laughs> Look, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a very thorny subject. I mean, if it, like if you exclude them, how do you ever develop the game in the counties? If you include them and they're getting walloping like wallopings like they're getting, how you know how does that how does that improve the game? You know, at the end of the day, there's eight or nine strong hurling counties, and that's always been the way. And every sort of suggestion and idea has been floated, and every you know every initiative has been tried, and it just doesn't seem to be happening for those counties. And it it, it is. You know, it, it is very unbalanced and disappointing to see those big scores being run up. And, you know, so I I personally think myself that the format, and I've said it on the show before, the format as it is at the moment, I don't like either in Munster or Leinster. Mm-hmm. I don't like this round robin situation at all. I prefer some sort of two groups of four or two groups of five, you know, kind of. Yeah, I just fear Colin, you know, yeah, I'd agree. It just doesn't give them any chance. No, it it doesn't. It doesn't. It it doesn't, Kevin. No, it doesn't. Um, but but I, I I think there's I think there's more wrong with the format than just the leashes and the carries of this world. I, I just and I know we're going. I'm going away from the point a little bit, but I just I I'm not a fan of this round robin. I'm not a fan of how it's been run at the moment. I think 
it's leading to a lot of it's 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 leading to leading to a bit of fatigue and a bit of boredom among people as well. The games aren't knockout; they don't mean all that much, you know. So I think there's other issues that need to be fixed before we go looking at what to do with the leashes and the West Meads and the Carlos of this world and almost the Tipperary's of this world, you know. <laughs> if we back to ourselves, then um, a few green shoots underage after a couple of poor years, some great performances, you know, midweek. Our minors, and I call the under-17s the minors, I don't know um, if it's under-19 at club level or whatnot, but, you know, into a Munster final now, um, Tom Delaney, I think it was 112-113 from play yesterday, looks a real kind of star in the making from Clare. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of positives. Just racked up such a great score against Waterford there, and some some great play. Yeah, it's very very good um, viewing last night. It's just, it always almost looked like a challenge match. Tipper were they were coasting so so easily at times, and um, I suppose Tom Tom Young Tom Delaney one twelve from play, like she's to score one twelve from play in any even in the club game is phenomenal going, but. In a monster semi final, that's you know that's that that that's going to go down history in in in, um, in simple stadium. And what it'll do is as well is it'll inspire every young lad around the county, you know, to be hurling away and particularly from small clubs. Like, and I don't mean to be disrespectful from um to to towards KR, but if Tom Delaney was from Torres Arsfield and he scored one twelve, we'd say like. Yeah, you know, towards Ashley's man, you kind of nearly expect it from, but but Care Junior A club, um, you know, and they're, you know, they're trying to rebuild again and go like, to have a young lad that good coming through your ranks, like, just that can only that that surely only lift all the rest of the town of Care, all Absolutely, the young lads, like, see, you know, and like you know, you do see that minor team, especially like the South clubs, you know, Ballyluby re- represented, yeah, yeah. you know, I think Federer are there, less. Lesser Harlan Knights like Carrick Swan also like you know so. But but I think, look, I suppose, look, there's a, there's there's a bit uh, I, I, there's a bit of snobbery to South Harlan down the years, you know. Like I know it's all in jest and good old crack and all that, like but for for these for these young lads from small clubs in South Tipperary to be to be. To be strongly represented on on tip panels, it is a good thing for Tipperary hurling because the stronger the South is, like the mid, the West, and the North, they're they're always going to be strong competitor. The stronger we can get the South hurling in Tipperary, the better it will be for for uh, Tipperary hurling in in general. I think, and it's like I think it's brilliant for them boys and, and fair play to a, to the manager too. It is it is very easy to overlook a small club. A lad from a small club, you know, saying, "Ah, oh, he's not playing to the highest standard in the, at at club level and etc." Like, but you know, the the, yeah. the the talent is there, so he's picking him, and I think that's I great. I think that sometimes I, I noticed with our own club, like that, sometimes the the talent from what was I suppose under seventeen, under eighteen, up to under twenty one level, it does concentrate around the under twenty one. Isn't that sometimes maybe there some lads from smaller clubs? I don't know what it is, but they're losing a bit of development, maybe. You know, they're not training at the same level with the adult team at that stage. So you do tend to see some of the bigger clubs more represented at the uh, the under-21 stage. You know, and I'd love these lads to kind of go on if we could, you know, get every club in, in Tipperary contributing. You know, yeah. sort of kind of having, having a good chance of being involved. Maybe the answer is that is is the Satan to set up and, you know, having good schools in the hurling and that. I, I, I don't know. Uh, Sean, we won't um, dwell too long on the under-20s because whatever we say, We'll, we'll be out of date in about an hour and a half's time, you know, with, with that throwing in. But um, Brendan Cummins, you, you know, he's done a very good job so far. Great great win over Cork last week. Yeah, it was a good win. And going to Limerick tonight, like, you know, expect something similar. I need to give him a go, that's for sure. Um, hopefully, we're getting a report off end of there. Could, maybe later on, we could throw it into this. But we're down to Limerick and we're a bit more kind of on, not kind of as down out as we are going to Limerick than Sunday, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. What, what, definitely. You know, if if they bring the the work rate and the ethic and the energy that they did against Cork, you know, probably a, a slightly more fancy Cork side. You know, it was it was it was the real tonic that was needed after the display against Clare. Like you know, because I just thought the attack was ferocious yeah, I think, stuff. I think the other thing to note as well from this, Kevin, is that when we played Cork at, at the equivalent under seventeen, we lost by twelve points to them. You know, and I think Limerick beat us by fourteen points or fifteen points, if I'm not mistaken. 
when, when the teams met at under 17 level. Yeah. So, you know, in, fa- in fairness to, to Brendan Cummins and his, and, his, and his coaching team, they really have, you know, they've worked very hard with these players and, you know, they've brought him on in their development an awful lot. And maybe the other point to make about it, I suppose, it does show sometimes that under 17 hurling or under 18 hurling comes with a small bit of a health warning, you know, that lots of factors can change and things can change between, you know, a lad playing seven, under 17 and playing under 20 or under 21. And I think Galway are probably a testament to that, you know, and, you know, they routinely win four or five minors in a row and, and, and don't go and win under 20 or do a whole lot of senior. And even I think Kerry had a marvellous minor team a few years ago that won four or five and they've struggled at under 20 football afterwards, you know. So, you know, I just, you know, I'm delighted to see the under 17s win last night, delighted to see the under 20s in a monster final tonight. It's great. It is the tonic that we needed, you know, but I just it does come in a small health warning for me. But absolutely, yeah, I don't think, you know, I think that that court game, sorry, Kevin, last week that we won, I don't think a Tipperary team ever we're under almost as much pressure to win a game. We badly need to win a yeah. game there, like, you know, and we did, and that was great. Even the Chile Miners, much heralded a couple of years ago, Colin, but uh, not, not, not a word spoken about them since, so I'm yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, the, other thing, the other thing as well, Kevin, if I could just mention, particularly when we're talking about underage, the Tipperary Minor footballers are into a semi-final as well, which is great. I know John McNamara, who's on the other side of the sectarian divide to me and Graham <laughs> Melville. I know John very well and it, it, it's great to see him, him him going so well there and also the, the senior footballers in case we, we, we don't get a chance to mention them much you know they, they went down to Waterford the week before last got a win now playing Limerick in the in the Munster semi-final and have a realistic chance of getting to a Munster final and we would have said on the start of the year if they could get promotion and get to a Munster final that would be a, that would be a very good year for tip footballers so again congratulations to Davey Power Stephen's uh, good friend there, Dave Power, <laughs> and the manage- and the management team. You brought it in as a performance coach, actually, Stephen. Motivation, motivation. No, yeah, right. And look, there's a lot, there's a lot of action going on. So, like, you know, hopefully we'll we'll have a, a bit more on the football. As you said, a great great win against Waterford there, and you know, John Max Mender into the final. What it is in the, the last game of the round, Ross. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. Sorry. The, the yeah. final. So, yeah. um, if they win that, they'll be in a. A kind of a semi-final against the loser the Cork Kerry game but yeah they've had some great performances so hopefully it'll be great you know they've had some good wins so far on that on, on that as you said so it's a it's a tough task I'd say in under under Asian tip football at times so we have to give them give them their dues uh folks we might actually just touch on the county draws there I'll see and and, and, and strikey um with the Orion all I say is like any one of those 16 teams could qualify from the groups you know there's they're all groups of debts, none of them are, are groups of debts. The the senior B competition is not Premier Intermediate there because we're in the South Senior um hurling <laughs> championship this year. So we can't possibly be an intermediate team. So um, I said last never be, two sets on I said never call Premier Media. Even let's talk lads on yes, this is drawn that like, oh the Orient draws out. No, there's no one's gonna call it Premier Intermediate. I wouldn't know. I think it should be given its rightful name. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, do you know, like, as much as I didn't agree with the old boardroom change, I think uh, they should have went the whole hog and did everything in the one go. The Premier Intermediate, there's a load of calling yeah. it that, and then having an intermediate group then as well behind us, there's a load of crap at us. It was uh, they bottled it. There's some, there's some, some tasty groups, and look, mm. we'll probably be playing our club championship sooner than we would have hoped, but um, we might actually just touch on that um, in a in a look. In an upcoming podcast, we'll have plenty of discussion on the on the club game coming up. Um, some great look, handy draw for Knockerville and the like as usual now. So um, I'm sure I'll be I'll be I'll be, I'll be hot in Knockerville as just like last year. Davins with the group of that, um, Sarsfields with a stroll and and the one home group is wide open there. So um, yeah, we might leave it there, lads. If it suits, good hour, well done. So lovely stuff. Thanks, lads.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.